1: our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over two million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to
2: SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, Open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Is now, in session. is now in session.
3: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 414. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. Having a good day, bud?
4: I'm having a great day. Awesome. Having a great day, as always. Every day is a great day, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Okay. Well, on that note, let's jump into this. Uh, we got a tighter day, uh, tighter show. So let's see here. We're talking about Google Search Console. Apparently, it's lost performance data.
4: Yeah, it seems uh, like. Yeah, we should actually have, so this is kind of in our other news section, we almost need a new section called bugs or something, because there always seem to be bugs to talk about. (laughs) Um, Google uh, Search Console lost a bunch of data between, uh, what was it, Uh, August 23rd and 24th, almost said October. I guess I'm psychic now. (laughs) Uh, So uh, to give you an idea, so the data they lost was within the uh, performance reports, uh, the performance report sort of showcases things like uh, impressions, clicks, average position, a click-through rate. Anyone that goes into search console often probably looks at that data every time they log in. So that's like kind of the first thing you look at. And for the 23rd and 24th, there was a big loss in data. Uh, John Mueller had actually said it looks like this is really data loss and it will not be backfilled. So that's not good. Um, it <laughs> is important to note, this is not an actual loss of traffic to your site. This is only the reporting within Search Console. So if you see this and you look in the performance report and your, your traffic has crashed, it hasn't. Well, maybe it has, but if it, if it shows it in the performance report, <laughs> if it shows it in the performance report, that doesn't mean it's crashed, it's, it's a separate issue. Um, so just to be wary of that, uh, the data will not be backfilled. So if you are in a position like us, when you're doing SEO and reporting to clients, You might want to make a note of that if that's data that you include in your reports, because your clients will see that and see, oh, man, everything's bad, but it actually might not be. Uh, So just another round of bugs over at Search Console that we are getting used to, I guess.
3: It's it's interesting how segmented their systems are, because you would think in a way that they could grab this from Google Analytics or that they'd share data, but I guess they don't. Cause they're not seeing Google analytics lost any of this data.
4: Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, they must be pulling it from multiple spots. I don't know exactly how that data correlates in their systems, but it's never identical. Like you look at the clicks in search console and you match it up with your clicks from Google organic in analytics and it's never the same number.
3: Yeah. I can't um, think of it. That's probably a silly thing for me to say, cause it is entirely different how they accumulate that data. Google search consoles from within their systems and analytics is from our website. Um, with that code that's embedded. So I guess that makes sense. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. Google Search Console data is, is very interesting. It's very helpful at times, but then it's also uh, a little bit vague at times as well. So I don't know. It's probably not a big deal for anyone, but then again, big companies will feel this. They, a lot of their uh, data aggregators, uh, reporting tools drag from Google search console. And this gap will be uh, very obvious glaring well, spe- issue of it.
4: Well, especially if you, if you don't know that there was a bug that was reported and that this issue actually occurred, you know, there are going to be a lot of people freaking out about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know, having- Google's
3: probably not going to send out a report or a bulletin.
4: Probably not. I haven't seen any method that they should though. There really should be a message in Google search console, but I haven't seen yeah. one related to this. Not yet. Let's hope they get it.
3: Yeah. I'm sure that'll save them a lot of grief because <laughs> there'll yes. be a lot of support calls. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So Google made 4,500 changes to search in 2020. And, you know, if you compare that in 2019, they made 3,200 changes. And in 2010, they did about one a day. I wonder, yeah, I guess that, you know, it's a long time. It's 11 years in 2010, 365 changes. I wonder how true that is, or that's just public facing figures. I don't know.
4: So the 2010, num- I'm not sure where the 4,500 change figure came from. I believe that that was actually in like a, was it in the google blog or something i saw it somewhere i think i saw it in search engine land um, but i don't remember if they said uh google said in the year 2020 so go, that's from google itself and mm-hmm. uh so that's yeah google displaying those numbers for us uh, that was here it is here in blog.google so yeah so that's their own their own figures 4500 it's crazy though. changes like, right yeah, so those are, those are changes largely uh, uh, ranking or algorithmic or user interface changes or other related changes within. I believe it's limited to like Search Console and uh, or maybe not even Search Console, just within search. So that may not be orga- uh, uh, organic ranking based, but it could be the way Knowledge Graph is displayed. It could be, uh, you know, all kinds of little tweaks that they're doing and the way things are displayed, not just how they're ranked. But that's a lot. Yeah. So, but,
3: including organic, it would be organic, it could be shopping. It could be, I mean, they've got so many different platforms and different viewpoints now. Universal search, all that bringing everything in. It makes sense now that all that would exponentially grow the amount of changes that are being made.
4: Yeah. But it's crazy though to think like, you know, 10 years ago, it was a one a day from one a day to 12, 13 a day. Yeah. It's big. Wow. It's just what it shows is that the, dynamic nature of search is growing more or less exponentially you know they used to be you know if you saw a change in search results that was like a huge news thing and now it's like well it happened an hour ago and it's happening again now you know like it's so commonplace nobody really freaks out unless something's dramatic
3: yeah we're always watching for core updates but these minor updates are just always going on. So that's interesting to see,
4: you know, I was looking, speaking of core updates, I was thinking about that and you know, we're seeing, I don't know, two, three, four core updates a year now, give or take. And I was looking back, like how often did the Google dance really happen in the past? I couldn't remember because it's been so long and that was about every 30 to 40 days. So about 10 to 12 times a year, that major Google (laughs) dance. And what a, what a difference! and that was like all encompassing. Those are all the changes for that month, all in one shot kind of thing.
3: Yeah. And that would change all rankings.
4: Oh, it'd be super dramatic. Yeah. Um, that was interesting weird. back then.
3: <laughs> it's weird to think that that's how it worked then. Um, uh, now it's all just accumulative. it's ongoing, uh, happens every, like you could reload a page and you'll see different rankings. It's well, just it, how it works.
4: It's crazy. like, I remember, you know, you'd, you'd post some new content for a client and then you'd wait six weeks to see what happens. And now you post new content. And sometimes like I've seen it happen within a minute, it's it's ranking for you know if it's a niche kind of news based type search it's ranking immediately it's it's incredible really
3: Wow uh, things are always changing Mike keeps us busy so that's good all right so um, Google link spam update done rolling out whoa big deal uh, <laughs> at <laughs> least we have <laughs> approval right we we know what's going on it's we we knew there was a link spam update uh, apparently Google has increased its ability to identify and nullify link spam. Um, they're always going to keep trying to do that. We talked about this before. It's always going to be difficult. Uh, the simple fact is there are legitimate reasons for people to guest post. There's legitimate reasons for a link to appear there. Uh, now will Google throw the baby out with the bathwater? I wouldn't doubt it, but, um, they also have to be careful. Uh, if they do that, you know, they're definitely, taking some value out of their algorithm. So I would say that you're generally going to be safe doing a lot of that still, if you're doing it uh, to, to build links, you know, doing um, guest posts and sponsorships Uh, you know, uh, if you go with Google guidelines, you're supposed to be very clear that that's a sponsored link. And, and if you're doing a guest post that this is a sponsored link in a, in a sense. Um, So If you don't, it's just, you're, you're just paying a bit of a game with Google. And if it's, it might bite you in the butt. So keep that in mind.
4: Yeah. One thing that's important to note too, is that Google is mostly looking at nullifying bad links and not necessarily penalizing for them. So um, unless you're actively doing some massive spam campaign, I wouldn't worry about if you're, you know, like you said, a guest post or something, you know, kind of the worst thing that's going to happen is it just won't count. And, but you still might get traffic from it. There might be other benefits, but you're not going to get uh, a penalty and see your rankings dramatically go down as a result of this update. You shouldn't always
3: be marketing. So whenever you're doing any kind of, of guest posting, make sure it isn't a place that is of, of good quality that will drive traffic. It's in its own right. Uh, that way you, you're always going to win. That's the way I look at it anyway. All right, so something I saw today made me just do a triple take. Um, and this is definitely going to make waves. So Chrome beta. Now, Chrome is the browser many of us use. Um, I love it. Uh, it's definitely got its, its, its quirks, but it's excellent. Um, it can display competitors when customers are on your website. i repeat that again. It now can display competitors when your customers are on your site. So I thought, what the... So this is how it works. Essentially when, and I've only seen screenshots, I haven't used this yet because you need to use Chrome beta and I haven't installed that, Uh, but it's been proven that when you, uh, let's say someone's on your website, if the person using Chrome beta has opted in, it is opt in, thank goodness for now anyway, uh, to this feature, and I'm going to see what they actually call it. I don't recall whether there's an actual name for it yet. Um,
4: Continuous oh, yeah. search.
3: Continuous search, uh, and it will show below the the URL for your website. It'll show a ranking for another website or a, a, an advertisement for another website. The an example shown here is you're on a, a website called Dick's Sporting Goods, and above there. When you're looking through the page, you'll see best men's golf shoes, golfdigest.com. And you can click there and leave Dick's Sporting Goods and go to that site. I don't like this. I mean we were Scott and I were talking about the, the pros and cons of this and how you can see it from both sides. And it's true, but I don't like this simply because um, yeah, I mean, from a user's perspective, maybe it's really cool that you can go to a new place that might actually have what you're looking for or You can see some comparative pricing, et cetera, but think how hard it is to get people to your website these days. There's uh, knowledge panels, there's snippets, there's all these different things that Google uses to try to keep you within their site, uh, make your experience high quality in their opinion. Uh, So when you finally get that traffic to your website, do you really want another opportunity for someone to leave it? No, you don't. Uh, So they had better be very careful with this feature. Uh, It is opt-in if they start pushing it, if they start saying, hey, do you know we have this and click here to opt-in. They should get their hand slapped simply because unless you can choose a different search engine for this, it is stinking die heaven um, that uh, they're breaking some laws. Anyway, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Scott?
4: Yeah, you know, we were talking and, and I always try to look at it from a, a different perspective, even though I hate this idea. Um, but if I'm an end user and I'm, you know, researching uh, golf shoes, that extra link is going to be helpful. Like Dick's Sporting Goods is going to hate it if I click on it and go buy them somewhere else. But for me as a user, that could be awesome. Um, but as an SEO and someone who also has a couple websites, I would hate this. Absolutely hate it. And so I, I'm kind of torn with how I feel about it. You know, I, I've got to put two different hats on. And, but I really, who's Google gonna bow down to at the end of the day, the end user or the web owners? Because I think that's what it's, what sort of matters to them is if it's a beneficial feature for their users and there's you know, no legal reason why they can't, why wouldn't they? But you know what I think they'll do to get around it is they're gonna put some sort of, they're gonna issue some sort of uh, an HTML tag you throw on your website that says like, like the old days of the no ODP tag, It'll be like <laughs> no, no continuous search tag. And so if you don't want those, those listings appearing on your website or above your website in your browser, you have to have this tag and then Google won't show it or something like that. And then they'll say, well, you can turn it off if you want to. Um, well, of course everyone would turn it off if they knew about it, but. Uh...
3: Uh, creepiness. I, I... I'm I'm really going to be interested to see whether or not this sees the light of day. I, I, I expect it will. And I expect they'll just add it to their antitrust suit.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel like it might be an interesting aspect if they did it, but kept it internal. So if you're on the Dick's sporting goods site, looking at golf shoes, they would show you links up there in that toolbar for other pages on that existing website that Google thinks are highly relevant to what you're looking at. I think that would be a more useful way and you wouldn't tick anybody off.
3: Yeah. No, I agree. That would be uh, pretty handy. And, you know, I, I believe, you know, by looking at this screenshot, we can only see partial. I wonder if there are other, it says continuous search. I wonder if you can scroll to see other ones. It looks like you can a side scroll. Ah, dear. Anyway, well, we'll see how this pans out in the end. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about some local SEO news.
1: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
0: You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop.
6: That's podcast.wmr.fm.
2: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Welcome back to SEO 101 on wmr.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van All right, so looking at... Uh, the local search forum, which I always like to check. There was this interesting piece where um, uh, one of the members noted that an address line in local results said that a particular school was next to a, uh, a business. In this case, I'm not even sure I gonna be able to say this, uh, and I'll, I'll quote, it, the address line states that the school is next to Bawarchi Buryani. Uh, I guess it's, I think it's a restaurant. He says, I'm curious how that description got in there. They also have another location with a similar description behind 7-Eleven. And that's also in the Google My Business listing. Really interesting. And the reason that showed up is because uh, it is in their address field. They actually put it in there to make it simple, in their mind, to make it simpler for people to understand where they are. Now, this on the outside sounds really interesting and useful. Uh, but joy Hawkins makes a really good point here. She says, I definitely wouldn't suggest doing this cause it could screw up different or uh, screw up driving directions and other automatic features. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, uh, but driving directions are pretty key these days. Uh, I almost, I think that this brings up the opportunity though, that you could have another section or another, uh, a way to say where you are close to or what you're next to that is a fairly large or significant landmark. Uh, that would make things easier for anyone who is you know, briefly looking at where they need to go and, and, and could use some support. Uh, anyway, it's just, just one of these things that was seen in the wild and uh, never seen before in my life. <laughs> I think it's really cool.
4: That would be useful. Right. We have Google added an extra address line for that type of information so they could still display it but not mm-hmm. not incorporated into any maps, directions, that sort of thing.
3: Right, yeah, so it doesn't affect it negatively. All right, so uh, if you're into news on in the SEO world, you may have noticed that there's been some hubble, hullabaloo about title changes, Google changing your title. Uh, and they're, they're doing it more so than they have before. Well, first of all, John Mueller uh, has, uh, well, I'll let you... Uh, do this part and I'll, I'll break into the right oh, Okay, sure. So on.
4: you bet. Yeah. So Google, it's, they've been known to update and change the title displayed in the search results for, I don't even know, decades, maybe decades, plural. It's not something new, but things have been changing, but we've been seeing a bit more of it. And uh, Kevin Indig uh, asked via Twitter, uh, if Google rewrites my title, does it take keywords in the title into account when it measures the relevance of a page based on the new or old title? Uh, I've, pretty much was sure I could guess the answer, but John replied, no, uh, this just changes the displayed titles. It does not change the ranking or take anything different into account. So essentially what he's saying is if Google changes the title and your keywords are pulled from the title you created, that doesn't have any uh, SEO bearing at all on how your site is ranking. Um, But of course, in my opinion, that will affect click-through rate, which can have an impact. Maybe better, maybe worse, who knows. but that's good to know, you know, so you don't have to panic, not completely panic anyways. <laughs> um, maybe you do. Uh, but there was, we saw a little bit of background information here. So there was a small study done, and they spoke about this on uh, Search Engine Land. A uh, small study of 500 keywords across 10 websites. So we're talking quite small. Done by Twitter user Wookie. So there you go, bowtied like, is Bowtie his first name or his last name? Is this, uh, is, this is he Wookie? Anyways, whatever. <laughs> so, these are some uh, data points from his small study, which I found kind of interesting. They found that the shorter the title, the less likely Google was to change it. Uh, the average character count Google was using on these altered title tags was 52 characters. So, I think the max is still around 35 or, sorry, 65 characters. So, you know, a little bit shorter than the, your max limit there uh google will change the title approximately 85 sorry 95 percent of the time if emojis or weird characters are used so if you're using like weird ascii characters or trying to put emojis in your title they don't like that um i feel like we talked about that maybe a few months ago where there were uh, emojis appearing in the serps yeah. with listings um and i haven't seen I that always for thought a while. it was
3: cool i'm like damn i want that but then because i mean it does make it stand out frankly um but I'm not surprised they're finally making a move on that and saying no, 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 no.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So it kind of makes sense. And I haven't seen a lot of examples, but now Google's like, clearly they don't like it. So um, they also noticed that uh, if Google does change the title, it is pulling it in the heading one or from the heading one tag approximately 50% of the time or greater. So, you know, if you are finding Google's not using your title and you want them to use something specific, try placing that content in it in h1 and you should be okay so maybe they'll pull it from that instead we'll see i guess but uh that's the gist on that part but uh i think ross has some more here too to talk about
3: yeah i just realized my the picture i, I placed here is too small for me to see oh. um <laughs> <Can> we <laughs> I send to you see the me. link oh, okay that's no, all right i got it okay so um as a follow-up to this, I know I, I heard that uh, Lily Ray, one of the, uh, the more vocal people in our industry, which is uh, very helpful in many cases, uh, had mentioned that uh, you know there's some issues with this. And I thought, well, I'd look it up. And she had a great example on Twitter of what titles looked like before and how they look after Google's uh, meddled with them. And in short, it showed that there was definitely a drop in what would you, you would call a, a, a chances for someone to click through. I would say definitely. I, obviously, there's not statistically definitely, but uh, here's some examples. So here's a very good, um, probably very well-researched uh, title. 11 Reasons for Belly Button Pain, Medical News Today. Uh, get right there, you look at it, you see that it's got 11. Uh, it, it immediately... Mentions the issue, belly button pain. And then it says medical news today, which shows some authority. Well, that has been changed by Google to common causes of belly button pain, medical news today. So it takes out the 11 reasons, which is something I've, I think everyone's tested and and has seen that, you know, lists always work really well for click-throughs. So all of a sudden that's gone. Um, Yeah, sure. There's maybe an inherent, inherent, uh, you can assume there's a link. Uh, some sort of list there, but just the same. It's uh, not so good. The next one also uh, was uh, adjusted in a, in a poor way, I think. Uh, this is the SEO version, pain around belly button, 10 belly button pain causes and more. Uh, someone's typing in pain around my belly button. This is where you know they're going to show up in a ranking and it's going to be pretty compelling to click on that. Google's changes it google changes it to what causes stomach pain around the belly button boy health so they've even added the business name at the end which frankly doesn't say much for authority boy i don't know why buoy would be used for the name but anyway uh definitely less uh click th- def- definitely less likely to be a click through in my in my opinion uh there were some others as well but uh well, I think we've had enough about belly button pain. I'm, my uh, belly
4: button started to hurt. Just I don't think it's ever hurt in my life, but today, I don't know.
3: <laughs> um, so I guess it comes down to this. You know, is it, is it affecting you? Um, and there are uh, a few tools. Someone had uh, created a, a follow-up article. Uh, it's, called, it's on Search Engine Land. It's written by George Nguyen. And it says four tools to check for title changes in the search engine result pages. So SERPs, uh, and they talk about Ahrefs, Rank Ranger and SEMrush, uh, but mainly Rank Ranger and Ahrefs are the ones that they suggest using. And they, they walk you through how to look at it before and after. So I do suggest looking at, I'm not going to get into explaining it because it's more visual than anything. It would be very stupid to try and uh, walk you through. But uh, do check it out. Four tools to check for title changes in the SERPs. Just check it, check that out on Search Engine Land, and I'm sure uh, you'll get all the information you need to find out whether or not you're being uh, pooched by Google. Um, and keep an eye on this. We certainly will, and we'll keep you updated on the show. I don't know how this is going to shake out, uh, no one really likes to see Google mess with, uh, their visibility or their click-through rates. I should say, uh, this isn't affecting search rankings, like in terms of your actual visibility. Uh, that's why I wanted to make sure I mentioned that it's just, you know, you you may have the same ranking, but you may not be as, uh, attractive as a click-through as it was before. There you go. Uh, it's a bit of a sh- shorter show today. Uh, but, uh, I hope you found that helpful. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. We're starting to get a little more uh, uh, active in there. Uh, Scott's posting some interesting news. I'm going to try to do the same and, uh, you know, just try to get some discussion going. So please do jump in there. We'd love to, to see you and uh, have some, some chats and hopefully get your questions for the show. Have a great week and remember to tune into the future episodes which air every week on wmr.fm.
4: Thanks for listening everyone.